0: Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 130 130 with my friend, Nicole DeLorenzo. I kept calling her by her maiden name, I, not to her face, but when I was referencing this episode, and I'm glad I didn't just then. <laughs> um, we have a great episode. This is a fun interview and um, touches on another thing that's come up before, I'll, I'll mention in the, in the outro. Have some fun convos in the outro, but until then, I'm not gonna hold you back. I know you guys are raring to dive in, so here's my friend, Nicole. You and I have lots in common.
1: My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? I I
0: appreciate you taking time. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in what, 20 years? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah
2: 20 years I'd say
0: <laughs> yeah. more
2: maybe more maybe like more
0: Oh, oh don't rub it in yeah this year will be 22 <laughs> fuck it um <laughs> that's crazy yeah uh 40 is gonna be I don't know did you turn 40 yet I did oh, oh you did I week. did yeah yeah I knew <laughs> that oh god how's that you
2: know I I look at it like I've I feel like I'm coming into the prime of my life and there's so much I have um, so many irons in the fire and so much I have that I've created, that I've developed, that I've learned that I want to like now share with the world, you know, in the in the proper timing of course. Like, right related. now motherhood is is the cocoon that I'm in, but there's also so much in development. You know, I work at, I was working at my son's preschool. And so I have, you know, the child care factor, I have the writing, I have the the TV and, and film development, and I'm and, and trying to write a, I have been writing a, a TV pilot and a TV series. So hopefully that will happen in the time it's meant to. It's a very uh, detailed kind of sci-fi past, present, future um, idea, in it, There's so many minute details that I want to iron out, but it's like, I have a lot of research to do because I want it to be based on factual history, not, you know, um, not make it up. Yeah, Um, like
1: so
0: many people do. (laughs) Right?
2: Yeah. Uh, And some of my favorite authors, like Anne Rice, um, that's, I'd say for like fantasy, for the whole vampire realm, um, she did so much research into some of her older books, um, like, which one am I thinking of? Like Pandora. And, and you can see like the evidence of her research in her writing. And I, I'd like for my writing to kind of...
0: That's tough uh, too. Um, I, I yeah. write and I I, I did like a, a short story noir once that I had take place like, I don't know, it was 20s or 30s, but it was in Hollywood. So I was like looking at all this old shit to make sure I could like stylized it right and like called out landmarks that were actually there and stuff that happened and it's it's fun but it's also pain in the ass right
2: (laughs) yeah it's fun but it's neat to like actually find these really interesting um facts about history but then it's very tedious it's very tedious work like having to go in and and find what actually happened and, and represent that through writing or film or however you're doing it right yeah
0: well um i'm gonna i'm gonna start it before we because <laughs> i will talk to you forever about this uh you hit you had a very unique interest of mine well like i said thank you for doing this I, i'm excited yeah. that i get to talk to you i have a bunch of questions um the little that i know that you've done in the last 22 years uh, <laughs> and then uh, additionally like i don't really know much about you from your earlier life either so I'd like to kind oh. of dive in and and start there, but I normally start out with how I know you. I know you from high school. Yes, <laughs> um, Clarkston. Yeah, and I think I mean correct me, but I think we were always friendly, but then did, we didn't really hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I mean that's that's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. I would say that that's definitely the gist of it.
0: <laughs> but but I,
2: I always I I always liked your energy, if you will. Oh <laughs>
0: well, thank you. I, I work talk very in terms hard on of that.
2: energy. My <laughs> language is very much energy, so just so you know. Yeah, that's that, fine. It, um, I can use different terms if it, if that works
0: for you. No, I want you I to use like whatever combine. terms work for you because that's, okay. that's what's important to me. Um, but I want to go back in time, if I can. Okay, let's go. You're born. Did you grow up in Michigan? Like, were you born in Michigan? I did. Okay.
2: I did. I grew up, I actually was born in Pontiac, and then sure. Moved to like the Gross Point area mm-hmm. when I was five or six. Okay, you have siblings. Yep. And then I do. I have a younger brother and younger sister. My brother is a year and a half younger than me. He graduated too from Clarkston. Okay. My sister is six years younger. Um, she went to Regina, which is a private school down in um,
0: on the east side of Detroit. So your brother and you were close. I'm guessing. Well, close in, in age, age anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah close in age um yeah we were we were close growing up i mean it was like a love hate yeah sibling rivalry um <laughs> relationship but yeah
0: was the move yeah. around the same time that your sister was born
2: to clarkston
0: yeah
2: i moved there my sophomore year of which it which well was i'm sorry because... no
0: to gross point you said it was like five or six years were... yeah
2: it was around the time that she was born
0: okay mm-hmm. um yeah what is what do your mom and dad do when you're uh, infant when you're born for work or anything else?
2: Um, well, my mom was doing echocardiographic. She's an echocardiographic technician. So she was working in hospitals and, nice. um,
0: at risk of sounding yeah. dumb. That's the, that's the heart, right? Or is that? Yeah, that's the heart. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. heart.
2: So she would well, do yeah, like cardio, heart. Yeah. 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 Like EKGs or, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't really yeah. know. She's done You're one before.
0: You're correct. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking, what is it? EEG is the brain?
2: EEG is the brain, yes. Too
0: many too many acronyms. There's so
2: many. And then there's like ultrasounds <laughs> for babies. I mean, it's all different types of um, schooling Yeah. to actually be able to like see the heart and like all the ventricles and all that. What'd your dad do? Um, my dad, he works, uh, he was working in plastic so he is a plastic he owns his own company that makes um that manufactures plastic so for like mm, the whole foods containers the plastic yeah. containers or like he developed the lululemon bags remember when those were really mm-hmm. popular the plastic ones like the yeah. um the all the quotes on them yeah he um he kind of came up with that with their marketing team i think i think it might have been in france i don't know if it was here but so he does uh, he has his own So the thing that's funny about my dad working in plastics is that I'm kind of like, you know, we need to get plastics off the earth. Oh, yeah. Less plastics. So it's kind of, I. I, sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, Dad, is there a different way? Can we use hemp plastics? I'm like that annoying daughter that's like (laughs) the hippie daughter yapping in his ear, like, can we do it a different way? I think that's
0: the role of the daughter, though, isn't it? (laughs) The form of resistance. Um, Yeah. What does that look like growing up then? I, I mean, by the time you're you're six, there's three kids in the house, both parents, sounds like working full time.
2: There was, I mean, it was the 90s. I feel like my parents were both socialites and they liked to go out a lot. And there was a lot of me babysitting. I mean, I started watching my sister when I was like eight years old. Like, okay, That would never be allowed now. I was watching all the neighborhood kids at like eight, nine, ten years old, like... They'd all be at one house there was me, hey, like, and they were all younger than me too. So that was very interesting. That's where I developed a lot of my childcare experience. I feel like even at a young age, I was, I was just doing it. Like it was part of my, my makeup, if you will.
0: Did you you feel like, I mean, as the oldest sibling, this would kind of just fit, but did you feel like you were kind of forced to grow up a little quicker?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Just handed responsibility.
2: Um, yeah, and I, I had a lot of resentment towards my my parents because of it. Um, and there was also a lot of emotional, like, fighting between my parents. And so I would um, isolate a lot, like, with my books. And I, I would read. I read so many books. I was constantly reading, um, like, almost to an obsession.
0: It was like your escape.
2: Uh, yeah, it was my escape. That music where my... Um, my escapes for sure so what
0: was going on with your social life at that time because
2: i I was uh, i was very awkward i feel like i've always been very awkward (laughs) um it's taken a lot to learn how to develop um social skills i think i internalized a lot and i thought a lot even as a child um but i was very adventurous like i would like to go on like ride my bike all around i was always getting hurt and like, like like imagining things from like this, the books I was reading and like creating them in my real life. Yeah,
0: if you will. I like that. That's see, that's way more appealing to me because that's really exercising your imagination and going out and like actually being outdoors as well. Which I was just. Yeah. there's I've been having a lot of conversations about how there's no one like building tree forts now.
1: <laughs> you know,
2: like, oh my god, that was like my like what, that would have been. The best day ever
0: building a tree fort, you know what I mean? Or
2: like yeah. running through like weird fields and like finding things. And Yeah. I, I, don't, I was a, I was a bit of an oddball kid, but I, I liked it. What, <laughs> it, uh, gave me,
0: other than it gave the, me the
2: foundation. Yeah.
0: Other than the like third parent role, Um what, how did you get along with your siblings? You said your brother and you were close when you guys were younger? or
2: Well, we fought a lot. Like we would like get into fistfights when Ooh. I was younger. It it was not always good but um my brother was a really good athlete so I felt like I had to I think I had some resentment towards that too because I wasn't really good at anything I was very awkward with sports and athletics and um everything I tried I kind of failed at so my I started the uh you know my inner monologue was I'm not good at at doing things right so but i would have to get carted around to my brother's stuff where he was just the star of the athletic star of the family you know um and so i think i felt a little looking back now i don't i couldn't have voiced this then because i didn't have the emotional language for it but i think i felt resentment towards him um like that i didn't have and and self-worth issues because i didn't feel like i had anything that that to to share or show
0: yeah well i imagine your brain at that time is is seeing what's happening and you're saying okay sibling gets the attention by doing a b and c i can't do a b and c yeah so how like how do i get the attention never mind fuck it (laughs) like it's
2: okay like i'm just gonna go read my book
0: yeah yeah (laughs) um
2: so yeah there was that um but i always got along with my brother but we definitely had our spats yeah um and my sister she was like I remember when she was a baby. Like, she was, like, my baby. Like, I would be like, oh, my baby. <laughs> like, I don't know. I have a re- great relationship with my sister now. We, we've gone through our ups and downs, um, but it's it's so, it's wonderful now.
0: Yeah, What's life like for you, like, the few years before you moved to Clarkson, before I meet you?
2: Hmm. Junior I went high to a private and... school. Junior high, I went to a private school. And it was, there was, like, maybe... 60 kids in my class no not even Oh man. less than that so it was very small very intimate
0: (laughs) was that a good Um, thing or bad thing
2: it was great i loved it it was a catholic school um i loved my teachers my friends um and i was supposed to go to a private high school regina that my sister ended up going to but um my parents decided to send me to north gross point north um because it was supposed to be a good school right like well it it is a good school it had you know a a good public school um so I felt very misplaced yeah because I I was supposed to go to school with all my girlfriends to Regina right and then oh no you're going here so it was like okay I had to again build a whole um because it happened again it happened in sixth grade and then again in ninth grade that I had to go to a whole new school system, a whole new school where I didn't know anybody, right? Why did that happen Maybe in a few sixth people. grade? Because um, we moved from a house that the school district was different. So I went to a, a new, um, well, in sixth grade, I actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I take that back. It happened in third grade, sixth grade, ninth grade, and 10th grade. <laughs> wow. So in third grade, we moved houses. So it was a different district, um, elementary school. In sixth grade, my parents wanted me to go to the private school, the Catholic school, um, with my brother and sister, uh, because they didn't like how the public school was trying to medicate my brother with for ADHD. And so my mom was like, no, I'm pulling them out. Like, I'm going to send them to private school. I don't agree with that.
0: Um, I imagine that's got to have some resentment there too, because your brother, like, just in that storytelling, right? It sounds like your brother is the causation for you having to leave that and as a kid I imagine that's how you would understand that
2: yeah I don't I don't think I knew that then my mom just shared that with me like a a year ago I was like oh that was why they didn't tell (laughs) us why um I just know that
0: she (laughs) sorry how do you manage that so many times like so that happened to me in sixth grade um where the school board has changed and I didn't move but everybody I knew went to one school and Mm -hmm. I went to another school and I I did not handle that well that's the short version of that story there's a much longer version um so I mean you talked about kind of finding comfort by by yourself with books and stuff but like what does that look like how does that discomfort externalize in those situations
2: um I think I had to learn how to be really adaptable it taught me the skill of adaptability and friendliness because you're meeting new people all the time right? I mean, not all the time, but like, especially in your social circles and schools. Um, But I also felt that I didn't get that close to, as I kept switching schools, I didn't get to have that, that close knit community throughout all of my like formative years. So I always felt like kind of the outsider coming in, right?
0: Is there, not to jump ahead and dig too deep um, but did that create a sense of um like was it difficult as an adult to get close to groups of people because there was like a background fear that you just have to end up removing yourself from that group anyway
2: oh absolutely and i've had to do a lot of emdr um love, being the newcomer Love EMDR. Um, yeah i know me too oh my god it's changed my life completely Same. um so there was definitely the I wouldn't say it was trauma but it was definitely a wound of like being the outsider not feeling like I could fully trust
1: um,
2: over time especially as an adult and especially after I'm sure we'll bring up the topic of what happened um, and and being ostracized completely right so like I had so much um, uh, post PTSD from the from the whole case. I don't know. If you're
0: going to bring so it, but. I'm gonna. Well, <laughs> I will ask you. This this has happened to me more than once. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're referencing. You don't. No. Um,
2: oh wow. Well, so... it has. It ties into the new school <laughs> when I was a sophomore coming to Clarkston. Well, you know, a whole case happened in Gross Point where a statutory rape case, and it was all over the news, and I was one of the girls to come forward, and I got a ton of backlash from the community, and um, I was on 48 Hours for it, and they actually filmed it in Clarkston. They have a hidden microphone my first day of school there. Wow. Right. So there was a lot of ostracization And that's when I really shut down, like clammed up into like a little shell of a person. It felt like Um, I'm grateful it happened now because I feel like I've done years and years of work and therapy and like I have so much to share and offer. And and it really helped me open up to all of like the conditional aspects of being a man and a woman and like what that means and why there's so much... um, like uh, about object- objectification and like that started for me in high school after that case, like right with the teachers at Clarkson, like they ha- they really worked with me.
0: Uh, and this, just to be clear, this all happened in Gross Point.
2: Yeah, my freshman year. And
0: the, mm-hmm. was that so? And I don't want you to like dig far into it, so feel free to ignore any questions I have. But I'm just like, like I said, I, I don't um, I don't know about it. Uh, this was multiple people were yeah, victims of the same people. person
2: same same group of
0: people oh, okay
2: multiple victims of a whole kind of i don't really want to go into the details yeah, of it it just fine. was it i got victim blamed and this was before the whole me too movement well, so yeah. it i was a 14 year old girl but i still was the wrong one what like, yeah, well, you shouldn't have been there why were you dressed that way you're a slut you're this you're that i had death threats like um so we moved to clarkson because my mom grew up there she went to clarkson high school um and her parents lived there, so we went and moved in with them until we figured out a solution for what had happened. I mean, I had to walk up in, in the courtroom, and this is—I actually—I'm ha- writing a short film about it, and eventually, a, a, perhaps a movie. Um, I had to walk up in the courtroom. All of my peers were on the boys' side, and they didn't close the courtroom to to people, and they're yeah, like yelling slurs, like slut, whore, like die, like it was it's awful. And these were people that were like used to be my friends, like. It was it was really traumatizing. I had to go up there and like talk about like the very technical terms of what had happened, yeah. right, in front of all these people. It was mortifying.
0: Well, I'm really sorry um, you had to go through that at such a young you age, too. What? And
2: oh my god, right? And that, I'm looking back now. I'm like, fourteen. Yeah, I was fourteen. Like, of course, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like just a young girl. I just started a new school, and I just wanted to be to fit in and and be accepted. And and you know, I had already gone through switching schools three times so it was like I was doing what I felt would bring acceptance to me because my self-worth was not very good at that time yeah. you know so um well, you add in the, the innocent
0: higher? stuff of, of having to like watch the kids at a young age and then get to that like you would yeah were pretty robbed of a childhood
2: yeah i coming from like a sweet Catholic school where yeah, of course we got into trouble but it was nothing like like that yeah. You know, like it was very. It was a lot more. I don't want to say. Um, I don't want to say innocent. That's not the right word, but um, close knit, um, When we were all friends. It wasn't so much like this, like oh, you're being taken advantage of. Yeah. Like, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I, so. I appreciate you talking about it because I yeah I feel naive, but I was completely <laughs> in the dark there, and it, I think it goes to show. There's probably a lot of things. I would imagine this is just me projecting my own shit, but I imagine there's a lot of things that were going around around you at that time that you are completely unaware of, just because you were going through your own trauma, right? Like...
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. My parents got divorced, so that's why we moved to Clarkston. So it was just it was a a whirlwind of.
0: So that happened a lot, at the same time. Yeah.
2: yeah, my freshman Nicole! year. Nicole. <laughs> right that was a that was a big year that was a congratulations a on being
0: alive and sitting in front of me right now because okay. that's that is so a shitty it, year
2: i it was a shitty year but i do feel on a soul level like we sometimes choose certain events before we come in before we incarnate to learn from so that we can then um and heal from because it's it has taken me so far and so long to find different methods of healing of independence of confidence of self-worth and like what that looks like like what that embodiment is for me Yeah. where i don't know if i would have done that work had that not happened
0: yeah that's fair um not to like jump ahead too much i never stick to an actual timeline it doesn't work Uh, but when you refer to doing the work i'm just curious what age were you when you started to unpack Stuff
1: well,
2: um, I started to unpack things at 23.
0: Oh, you lucky so. bitch! <laughs> <My> <laughs> I waited so was, long. I was like, I was, I, part, I was hoping yeah. you'd say like 30. Like, damn, no,
2: 23. My mom had she was part of this Native American women's circle, and they use Native American practices to unlock um parts of yourself and heal and um so she was doing this and she uh, paid for me to do it and it was a nine-month journey and you worked with the grandfathers and the grandmothers which um in native american uh there's 13 each and each one of them has different um uh what's the word i'm looking archetypes okay oh yeah yeah
1: and then (laughs) there
2: was two weekend retreats and i did sweat lodges and Shamanic journeying, and it changed my life completely. I like really started to look in the mirror, you know, Um, like okay, because up until that point, I felt like I was just I was just a shell of a person. I was very um, I don't I honestly didn't like myself at all. I was shallow. I was very concerned with like superficial things, you know. After high school, I was not very social unless i had a drink um i used drinking to cope with a lot of my trauma that i was not looking at (laughs) so
0: yeah i if i if i had to take a guess i would say that you probably were just surviving the best way you Mm -hmm. knew how at that period where you're just Mm -hmm. i'm uh got heavy defenses up for Mm -hmm. good reason and Mm -hmm and you're just staying social where you can be but not getting too close because look at all those people you're close to that turned on you and
2: mm-hmm. how they had major trust issues
0: oh yeah <laughs> how do you not but that's and then yeah. you go through this intensive like time to face your shit
2: <laughs> yeah yeah. time to look at yourself i'm so glad it happened when i was younger yeah I'm looking back now at the time, I didn't, I was, I was very begrudgingly like, oh, I don't want to do this, Mom.
0: What were you doing if, then? What did you do after high school?
2: Um, I went, I was supposed to go to U of M, point, and then I was going to go to U of M, but I just, like, I didn't have the wherewithal to even go to school. I just flaked on everything. I was very flaky at that time yeah. in life. Um, it's
0: amazing we didn't hang out. <laughs> You're describing my life, but keep going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh so I went to OCC for like a semester and then Same. I went to cosmetology school
0: <laughs> all right you got me there um so did you just stick around the area for that I, period? yeah
2: I bounced back and forth from like Clarkson area to um Rose Point area okay
0: and your dad still lived out there
2: yeah my dad still lived out there so what did the um,
0: what did that look like after your parents divorced were you just primarily living in Clarkston and going there on the weekends. Yeah.
2: Like... Yeah. And I think I had some I just had so much resentment when I was younger. Um, yeah. towards parents, towards everything. Like I just I had a, I had a lot to work through. Yeah. Um I get that. Even like towards my dad I was really angry at him for a long time. Um but it was just all my internal work of like having to repair, you know, which I did throughout my late 20s and 30s yeah
0: so glad you did um (laughs) so what's what's next after you go to cosmetology school and
2: i went to cosmetology school and then um i then i got my own little place in ferndale i was doing then i was doing laser hair removal and
0: um you had your own little like salon
2: no i had my own um like little place i rented like okay uh, like a house (laughs) i got like i was living in ferndale
0: was that um, the first time you would moved out of your parents?
2: Yeah, like on my own. Yeah. What was that it like? Was, I loved it. I loved it.
0: <laughs> that, what was it what was it like to have that freedom where no siblings are around, no one to answer to? Yeah, it was, to, it's it just was great. Place.
2: <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and I got really involved in the underground kind of music scene there, the techno scene, and I partied very hard throughout my mid to late twenties.
0: <laughs> As one does in Ferndale. <laughs> Uh (laughs) again Um, funny we didn't hang out (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had a lot of fun
2: going down to detroit almost every night um
0: did it still feel like like numbing and using alcohol as a lubricant um, i was
2: using a lot more than alcohol well yeah Um, but i I, did find ketamine (laughs) which changed my life Ketamine helped i'm very interested in my depression And, like, really, really, really changed my life. Like, I saw, oh, I can be happy. Like, it lifted the veil. And I'm glad I, like, looking back now, I'm really glad I did it. Because it really um, changed some core feelings of depression.
0: Well, I'm curious about that. Yeah. I'm guessing, (laughs) I'm making some assumptions here, but, like, late 2000s, in your twenties in the Detroit area, this was not like you went to a clinic that did a no. treatment. No,
2: oh God, no. no. So
0: how did you end up getting those benefits from it, using it recreationally? Because now, I mean, you can especially where you live now. You know, like, yeah,
2: they have clinics. Yeah. they have. An, they have one right up here where I live now. Um, and you just it, it just happened, and I think I was self medicating, using it. Um, But it really opened me up to, like, oh, I have a great potential. Oh, I'm not this, like, this person that I had the idea of in my head. Um, And I think it started to help me to unlock some different aspects of who I am and what I have to share. And and feeling happy for one of the first times, you know, in my life. So... it it showed me and unlocked things for me it's not like something i you know i still use or anything but i do think it was very beneficial for the time and i really didn't even know what it was at the time and i did a lot of research afterwards and so um i just think the universe brought me that to as a different coping mechanism that i'm curious may have helped
0: Hey, it, I mean, if that's, if it did, it did. And that's great. Um, I'm curious where religion and spirituality play roles in your life, especially up to that point. Cause did you, I'm guessing you grew up Catholic cause you went to all the Catholic schools. I grew up
2: Catholic. Um, but then my mom kind of branched off of Catholicism into more of the spiritual realm. Um, when she became a healer and started working with in Ann Arbor, with like a, diff, a a healing school, so she learned like energy healing okay. and energy work. When
0: I was like, like chakras and Reiki, and...
2: yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that kind of opened me up because then I started reading books on it. Of yeah. course, you know, at that age. Um, what
0: were your thoughts about Catholicism growing up? Like, did you, was it just something that surrounded? Oh,
2: I hated it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate it, but I did get chastised in my. Um, catechism class like I was very gifted as a child I would say and like I would talk to God and um, I've always been very clear audience and I think I had a gift of clear audience then which means you can hear things right and I told my catechism teacher and she said you have to be careful that could be the devil you're talking to and it shut my gift down I stopped like tuning in in that way um, I think there's a lot of fear-based stories told with the Catholic religion. I don't feel that it's true to, like, the actual energy of Christ. I, I The Bible was changed, like the King James Version, um, and I believe it was a, a tool to control people rather than enlighten people. I mean, there are the, the words and the beauty of parts of the Bible, but I don't believe it was used properly um and i've done a lot of research because a lot my tv show will tap into some of like like the cathars and like how they were killed by the roman catholic church and they were actually like the the ones that carried the christian message and so it's like that's kind of just the amount of people and the amount of wars in the name of the cross like that to me is is complete hypocrisy
0: yeah, they, we carry out uh, a lot of things in the name of religion across the world. Right. And it's very, uh, yeah, I won't get into that, but <laughs> it's uh, it's very strange to me. Um, I'm curious, how old were you when your mom started doing energy work?
2: Um, I was like
0: 12. Oh, okay, so you were and young.
2: Maybe 11. Yeah, I was young. And I read the Celestine Prophecy and that totally changed my life. Okay. So I was like, I have to, I have to become more energetically in tune
0: because that i i just was trying to think seeing your mom go from like literally a medical healing yeah. or, or the ekg that, She
2: still does that. Okay. She you know, she still works with the heart, but she also like had this other avenue that she was exploring um, in that time period. So Is your mom a
0: role model to you growing um, up?
1: Mm,
0: I'm yeah. not asking you to trash talk your mom. I'm just curious Oh. <laughs> looking back because you're mentioning some of the stuff that you are into now
2: there's a a lot there um yes and no okay uh i think she helped open me up to alternative ways of being thinking creating um but i wouldn't say she was necessarily
0: a role model okay that's fine. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> um, so we're nearing. We're nearing thirty. Are you still in Ferndale at that point? No. When do you leave yeah. Michigan?
2: I was working for. Um, I was working in the, as like an executive assistant for. So I got out of doing hair, working as an executive assistant. I was twenty six. Or a metal, he worked in metals, this um, business owner. And so I, you know, I would just like do his errands and um, like go to meetings and take notes. And um, the metals industry took a tank completely in 2008. So um, metal shit I cost money. Was, Nobody had any money. cost money. <laughs> so I was out of a job. Yeah. And. I was on unemployment, so I got rid of my car. I got rid of my place in Burndale. Um, I was staying at with an ex-boyfriend, um, a different place. Um, and I just took off, like just went traveling. Went to Montana, I went to New Mexico, worked on an organic farm. Um, I went and lived in Hawaii on a homestead. <laughs> it was completely
0: off the grid. What? Uh, what how'd you fund these adventures?
2: Just with unemployment. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I like found ways. Like, I just, I was really smart with how, like, I stayed with my aunts in Montana and just kind of stashed all the money, you know, and then went to New Mexico and it was like a woofers. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, mm. but it's like worldwide workers on organic farms. So, what you do is you go live and you get your meals and in exchange, you get to stay there and work on the farm. So it was again like I didn't. My buddies did so that on money. weed farms
0: in California.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I did it in. It was in. It was food. Um, I learned how to, you know, haul the land. If you. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a useful <laughs> it skill.
2: Yeah, it was really fun, and it was like two other people my age. And then the guy that owned the farm was like a year older than us, and then this girl, Nicole, who her family actually is all in Michigan. And she was from, I think she was living in Florida at the time. So it was like this amazing, just peers almost, you know, and we were just friends and we just hung out and worked the farm and learned. And it was, it was really fun. It was really an amazing experience.
0: What, uh, what are some of the other stories from roaming around the United States? The U S yeah.
2: Well, then I went to San Francisco. Um, that was just that was incredible. There was like a huge music musical group there that um, I hung out with. Oh my God, the, those times there were like I don't know. Those were kind of life changing too because I had so much fun and like bonded so much with the city, with the people, with with the experiences, and I was really becoming a lot more open. And in Montana, um, my that one of the aunts I stayed with she was getting her uh masters in spiritual psychology so she was helping me uncover things with um like had me go do like mini vision quests and like gave me writing prompts for like doing the internal work while I was Love there that. so i was really um doing a lot of digging yeah. um doing a lot of well, metaphorically and literally, like in New Mexico, because <laughs> we would have to dig <laughs> the, the uh, ditches for like the the water to run through. Yeah. Um. So it was a really neat time. It was uncovering. I felt like I was just really un, coming to understand where a lot of my trauma points were, what. Um. Like the inner monologue, uh, the a lot of the insecurities that I had, a lot of the feelings of like, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, all of that. And I started to really work with it and look at it and like, okay, how can I reshape this? Because this isn't true, but there are parts of myself throughout all of my childhood till now that believe this. So I would start to go do, and I just made this up. I didn't even know really what I was doing, but it worked. It started to work. I started to go in and find the memories of like what was attached to you know a thought okay why am i feeling this what is the subconscious basis of this so i would go and talk to that part of my child and like do ceremony with it and sit there and like be bawling. like you know you're talking to your yourself but as a child and and you don't always have the words for it as a child but there's the feeling so it's like okay
0: i've done that emdr it is
2: yeah it's like emdr totally but it there is also the like it's almost like you go into a trance too like where i'm i'm not coming out of it with emdr you know you come out and you yeah. like say okay this is what i'm feeling but this was more like trance work like going in deep into the subconscious and and allowing it to show you or show me not you
0: me oh, was this guided at all or were you just doing it no
2: i just did it i i just did it and it worked and every time things would come up i would do more of it and i would go talk to these parts of myself and give them hugs and or like whatever it was like okay you're feeling this show me this what is this okay let me feel it okay cuz a lot of times if you feel something it will like pop out of your your physical and emotional being that yeah. makes sense so you're not carrying it anymore
0: the year is 2023 Warm weather is right around the corner. How can you get refreshed, stay refreshed, without sacrificing taste? I wish I had a good sparkling water to drink. Now you do. Enter Wellbeing Brewing. That's right, your favorite non-alcoholic brewery now has a citrus floral sparkling water. It's like a botanical garden in your mouth but in a good way. Check it out. Head over to wellbeingbrewing.com friendrequest. friend request. You can save 10% on your order and try out their brand new sparkling water. It is a tasty treat and very refreshing. I'm going to bring some with me on the kayak, hopefully sooner than later. I'll see you out there. Wellbeing.com. No, wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request try out some of their citrus floral sparkling water Mwah! delightful okay back to the episode where did that come from right so and I ask this because I wish everybody had that same insight um I'm always curious why right for everywhere like why do I think this way why do I feel this way to like mm-hmm. why do I hold a pencil the way I hold it? like I, I want to know the why's because I there's always a why right um yeah some of it's insignificant, like the pencil thing, but some of it uh, is is heavy and, and it's big, and you have to dig and get uncomfortable. And most people are very resistant to that discomfort, uh, and mm-hmm. they'd rather continue onward without without doing that work. So where's the inclination come from to be like I'm gonna I'm gonna get uncomfortable, I'm gonna dig in and do this stuff?
2: I wanted to be the version that I saw in my head of myself. I saw this woman that I was nowhere near, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, that's where kind of my psychic gifts come in. I'm able to see things, you know, in the future, um, feel things, understand things. Um, and I knew I was nowhere near there. And I wanted to write a book and I wanted to share. And I'm like, how can I write a book if I'm not where I need to be? Um, and embodied that strength, that power, that, um love that you know truth that i know i am yeah so uh and it just it called me to it i actually in that uncomfortable in those uncomfortable spaces is where so much breakthrough happens is where so much like whoa wow this is amazing like once you come out of it you know
0: so i i love those
2: (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) I i love it so much yeah if i have um like a particularly heavy therapy session, um, I'm so excited about it. I'm excited yeah. with like a shit face that I've just been like sobbing, but I'm I'm so excited. Right? It. <laughs> yeah, it's like
2: you find new levels of yourself. Like, oh yeah. wow! Like I'm proud of myself for doing that.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. going there. <laughs> I'm turning forty in two months, and I'm like just now discovering my own self worth. Like, it's, it's uh, it's it's crazy, but you have to you have to dig in like you're discussing um so what you're doing this journey how long are you doing this traveling around
1: well
2: (laughs) i then made it my intention that i wanted to travel and explore the world and so i did it until i was i was 26 at the time I moved to california i moved to chicago for two years and then to california almost 10 years ago so did it for till i was 29 and then i moved to chicago and then here so
0: was chicago like three
2: years four years
0: settle down start doing a job again and living somewhere
2: chicago was a lot of writing that's when i really started to see that i was a writer and i wanted to um I, I lived in New York for a little bit and I wrote a 365-page memoir that is just horrifically written but it got all the words out of me. It got my story out. It was very cathartic like in that yeah. way that um, I was able to just kind of let it all out and I do want to write a memoir and rewrite it again because there's so much that's happened since then um, but that showed me also that I really like to write and it's a way of of sharing myself, so at some point I will publish it. Um, I definitely have to work on my writing skills. I'd say it was very much like EE e. Cummings like uh, stream of consciousness, right yeah, I, I didn't form a story out of it so yeah,
0: that's how I do writing I think
2: that will come. yeah, and then I started my blog from that because there was like just random pieces where I just was you know musing I'm like, oh, I, I wonder if I can share this with people. So I started my blog in 2011. Um, and I thought a blog was static, like you just share stuff and it's there forever. Yeah. So I didn't understand that you, you, know, you keep posting and you keep sharing and you keep updating. So then it kind of turned into this whole world of its own. Um, and in what way? like i just shared help stuff that i came across like i shared my spiritual um you know some of the ideas that i've come across and some of the things that have helped me and meditations and um also my, all my travels like it became a travel blog too so it was kind of this multifaceted uh it's
0: everything nicole blog
2: soundboard
0: <laughs> did it did right. it resonate with people you think
2: um, i don't so i think it was um no no no. that
0: was not the that was not the answer i thought i was gonna get
2: no i don't i don't i mean there was some people that it helped i think a lot like this one woman said i saved her skin with this technique that i gave on there um like that her skin was changed forever since it um and some people liked it like like the uh Liked what I had to say about like Kundalini and about um, some of the practices I've like guided imagery. But I don't think many people read it, honestly. Okay. I don't think I had a grand audience. When I started, I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to create so much magic and waves. But honestly, uh, it was censored because I wrote about Monsanto, because I wrote about these, you know, kind of awful, villainous things that some companies were doing and i ever since i wrote about those like my views just went they plummeted so um i definitely got to see some of the censorship that everyone's talking about now this was like 10 years ago you know google wouldn't find my blog and (laughs) so i didn't get the followers um through that i at all so no it was not what i wanted it to be but i'm glad i did it that makes sense yeah
0: sure i I mean every any outlet for writing i i can i can get behind most yeah i'm sure i'm sure there's something toxic i'm not thinking of but i think i think most things i'm i can get behind because it's uh like you said getting it out right um
1: yeah
2: yeah i get i get that that's kind of what was in the background of me even though i wanted to share like underneath it it's like nobody cares yeah. Like that was my running, you know, yeah. I, know
1: mentality. I know that monologue.
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know nobody very cares. well. Nobody wants to read it. Yeah. Nobody understands me. That was a big thing, too, in my 30s. It's like, nobody understands me. Uh, like, I, I I haven't found people who understand how I express myself.
0: Yeah. What what do, speaking of other people, uh, what, what does your relationship life look like throughout this time?
2: Um, well, I was dating a DJ, um, throughout my twenties, so like 23
0: to, um, 29. Um, Oh, did this person go to, was this traveling with you too?
2: Yeah, we kind of, we were all over the place. Like I was in New York while he was in Vienna and I was, he was in, I was in Chicago while he was over in Germany, like, uh, but it was fun. It was a, it was a fun time. It was very volatile lots of partying um not really any groundedness or like sense of stability for yeah. myself other than you know what i was doing with the traveling so that's why i felt like i could just be like a little butterfly social butterfly all over the place like i didn't have any real roots yeah. you know like i kind of got rid of everything and was living very minimally which was really fun for the time I was uh, all over the place it was you know, I traveled to twenty-seven countries too, within ten years.
0: So. What's your favorite one?
2: I don't know. They're all. Uh, I have like five top favorites. Okay, what's um, the Italy. worst one?
0: <laughs> what's your worst well, in trip?
2: In Morocco, I had. I loved Morocco, but I had. A, it was scary being there as a woman. Yeah. Um, by myself, I would definitely suggest like for any women going there, like be very guarded. Um, I got, like, looped into this, like, kind of scheme, an investment scheme, like, trying to, Uh like, it was scary. It was, uh, I was like, I'm going to get kidnapped. It was the only place I've ever had, like, whoa, whoa, this is very scary. Yeah.
0: Glad you didn't get kidnapped. I'm glad I didn't either, (laughs) but
2: I, I swear I almost did, and then I was on my phone, like, I'm texting people in like you just have to like play it smart you have to play it really smart and not fall into any traps because they definitely have them throughout the whole like it's i don't even know how to explain it um from the hotel to the carpet store to the like they're all in cahoots with each other yeah um it was not not pleasant um i love israel i love egypt i i loved Um, Italy what else are some favorites I mean they're all so amazing it's like hard Peru um, it's hard to say what like because they're all they have their own unique unique places you know they're all just so full of such neat experiences and people and um,
0: let me I'll rephrase the the question like this if someone was like hey I can give you an all-expense trip to one place, but it has to be a place you've been before. Which one are you picking?
2: Egypt, because I feel like there's a lot more work to be done there. Okay, like it was. There's a lot more I want to see. That's cool. And undertake.
0: So. Yeah, that's a. Uh, anytime I get to. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't traveled at all. I. <laughs> I haven't, Outside of the U.S., I haven't traveled. Long. I've been to most states in the U.S., but um, when I think of anywhere Middle East or Middle East adjacent, I I get like I'm I get concerned about like stability and what's what's going to happen while I'm there. Um, and then I have you know like friends from Iran that are like that's dumb. Just come out here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> just like... go, just go. If you have the opportunity, go. Yeah. That is my advice to anyone traveling. Um, I loved Istanbul. Turkey was one of my favorites, too. Like, oh, my God, it's such an amazing city. Yeah. So it's super just there's so much to see and do there. And just the culture is really incredible.
0: What, so. what inevitably, inevitably um, brings you out to California?
2: Oh, my God, that story, too. <laughs> Um, so I was living in Chicago and, you know, I have that little psychic bift that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard while I was living there, I kept hearing California and I'm like, California, like, like, I'm here, I'm in Chicago, I'm doing my thing. Um, it was nannying. It was fun. I liked my life there. I loved my group of friends. Um, but I feel like I was going into somewhat of a downward dark spiral with myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it like something fell off with me being there um and while i was there the whole time i just kept hearing sh- um california california and i would also hear like other glimpses of things of the future if that makes sense that it's really hard to even explain but i think it was um the children i worked for here like their spirits talking to me because they were things that would happen once i was here working for them
1: okay.
2: working with these children so i don't know if it was I know this sounds so woo-woo and out there, so it's really hard to explain what this gift looks like, but um, I I knew once I was here, like, that's what I was hearing. Like, that's what, like, I was being shown something and shared something um, before it happened. Um, And so I was dating this guy from France, and he was like, you should go out to California with me. Um, You belong there. You're creative. Like you know, with your writing, with your show. And I was like, oh, I'll go out there with you for like a weekend. Like we thought it was just gonna be a weekend. So, or no, I'm sorry. No, that's not true. At first it was, and then it ended up, um, he was like, well, we can actually stay with my friend if you want. Um, And it can be, you know, for however long we want. So I ended up subletting my place out that I had in Chicago. And I didn't know when I would be back. So I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go. And I'm gonna do this. So I went out there, and I liked it. It was Long Beach we we were in, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't LA. But I got to come up here and see, and I really liked Long Beach. Actually, it was really um, an interesting place. And I fell off a balcony. What? One night. Yes. This was when I still smoked cigarettes here and there, oh, and I, I stepped. Cigarettes. And I, like, had a drink or two, and I thought the balcony was a lot um, farther out than it was, and yeah. I literally flipped over it. Yeah.
0: How broke high You broke your arm? Like
2: 15 feet.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh... I ended up in the hospital That'll do it. and I ended up on an airplane in an arm sling like I'm never ever going back to California like that was it for me. Um, I, so I w- went back to Detroit, um, you know, flew into Detroit to see my family and get treated there because I didn't have insurance and my dad had some doctors who would help me.
1: Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So on the plane ride. It had a layover in Missouri, um, St. Louis. On the plane ride, this guy sat next to me, and I heard in my head again, like this gift was like, ask him about a job. Like, there's gonna be a job that comes up, basically. Like,
1: yeah.
2: so we were just talking and talking and talking, and he was sharing with me that like he was an assistant for the singer, and they traveled to Vegas um, back and forth, and um, so he's like, yeah, I'm leaving him. And I don't know what to do because I'm going on tour for like three months and I need to sublet my place. And I but I kind of want to come back to him, but I don't know. Like I'm going on tour with this other band. And I told him how I was like a shaman and a healer. And he's like he was really into that. And he the singer was really into that, too, like because they both were like doing all of this healing work. So um, and that I was also a nanny. And he's like, basically, this is like being a nanny. This job. I was like, so...
0: For a bunch of grown men.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um So I just presented it. I'm like, well, I could sublet your place and uh take the job off your hands if you want. And it, like, usually something like that would happen and it would never, there wouldn't be follow-through. Well, there was follow-through for the next month. And so I... Uh, Talked with the manager and the um record company and i was back out in la a month later um <laughs> and subletting the space with with the guy that i met on the plane's girlfriend um while he was on tour and it was just like it, it was incredible it was just such an amazing experience how everything just lined up like boom 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 i was like this is meant to be
0: yeah.
2: and so was, I was that up, was yeah.
0: Dare I ask? Is that a band that I would know?
2: Um, he was uh, like a one-man show, but they used to be a boy band in England in yes. the eighties. So they were very famous yes. in England. So most of the people that came to his show, like, were from, you know, yeah. like knew Brit-pop knew them. Fans. Ross. Okay. Yes, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. They were like the in sync of of England. That's so. Funny. Yeah, it. it was fun. It was an amazing experience. I met all these celebrities like my first few months of work like that were friends with him. And God, it was it was a really amazing experience. It was very overwhelming at times. Um, the things that I had to kind of like understand and do. And I did them, but there were a lot of things I also forgot and like made mistakes with. Um, I mean, we're talking PRs to publicists to like working with all these different angles of um making sure shows happened and things happened
0: and so you end up like kind of managing
2: basically yeah i was like his man his executive assistant so i managed uh, like i was the point of contact for everything so i had to kind of make sure everything happened like we book our flights every week to vegas and back because his shows were in vegas um just talking to you know virgin records to um the in Bangkok, because we're going there for a show. You know what I mean? Like, it was constant action and movement and doing and undertaking, and some things I would forget. Cause like All because of a
0: conversation on a plane.
1: Isn't that nuts?
2: <laughs> this is what I mean when I say, like, things are meant to be. Some things are just meant to be. And I, and, you know, I wouldn't have the life I have now if that never happened. Like, I wouldn't have these two beautiful boys. You know, yeah. everything kind of plays its part and its purpose.
0: So that begins to intertwine you into the world of of Hollywood and entertainment
2: yeah like whoa like (laughs) I met Paul Abdul the second day I worked like it was just like boom like here you are welcome to Hollywood which was really it was really cool and everyone was really nice that I met too it wasn't they weren't uppity or like snobby you know they they were very nice and welcoming and and paul abdul said to me because i had you know i had just gotten there and she's like don't lose that heart in the midst of all this hollywood kind of chaos i was like oh thanks she was so sweet like just so sweet to me i I was like oh my god that was like the most beautiful piece of advice you know i could have asked for
0: that's great yeah that's uh Mm -hmm. Oh Hollywood! Um, oh Hollywood! <laughs> what? Uh, how do you meet your husband?
2: I met him on the beach in Santa Monica.
0: Yeah. Sure. <laughs>
2: yeah, sure, and and it just happened, and it was just oh okay, we're meant to be together. Um, I was I had been working for the show The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Um, I had just gotten back from my trip to Israel, Morocco, um, London, and. Uh,
0: It's a long trip.
2: Yeah, it was a month-long trip. (laughs) And I left The Bachelor during that time, too. Um, So I was just kind of hanging out, doing my thing. And we met, and I was open to... I had also, which I didn't mention to you, a nannied for um, a celebrity family who, uh, without giving it away, they were Snow White and Prince Charming on a show. And so they had these two beautiful boys. and. I would still work with them while I was working on the bachelor because they would come and go from Vancouver and filming and, and then I also worked for the royal family.
0: What? Which which <laughs> which part of the royal? Family? Um,
2: cousins of the queen. That's uh, funny. They lived here. The wife um the wife was a was an actress. And so I took care of their daughter um that was after working for Matt the singer. So that was it was fun too i lived with them so i have had some really incredible experiences
0: i like Just. that you're like so the eclectic. well-known nanny contact in, in oh in
2: definitely <laughs> definitely um i also worked for dancing with the stars stars um dancers um who i'm still in touch with same with um the once upon a time family um there i feel like i i'll always stay in touch with them because I like was in their formative, like their children's formative years yeah. and like they're yeah. just, they're like family friends now, you know,
0: that's always weird to me. Um, Like my brother has always had no an pair and they're, they're, they've gone through a few, the one they have now they've had for a long time. And like, she's pretty much family, but like the ones yeah. that were there for like, I don't know, a few years, like, I don't think anybody talks to them anymore. I'm like, isn't that weird? Oh. Like they were they oh. were there with the kids, uh, during like yeah those those first few years, and now they're just maybe a Facebook friend, <laughs> if, if yeah. that. It's very strange.
2: Well, you have to keep up. Like I reach out, you know? oh yeah, and they reach out too. Like sometimes like the dad will send me a picture of like me with like the two boys, or the mom will send me something, you know. But it's like you have to keep that connection going. Um when Brian and I when he proposed to me, we were in England and we actually visited with because the um, the family the royal family had moved back to England, so we went and, and hung out with them for the day so nice. it's but it it's usually you know it, it doesn't happen easily you have to definitely make the effort to stay in touch, yeah
0: yeah I, I, <laughs> there's know? a level of networking that i found out i'm good at that i didn't really like i didn't think of it as networking but it really is just like keeping in contact in that way Mm -hmm. like staying on people's radars that you Mm -hmm. and i don't want it to sound like a dickhead thing right like like a self-advance like i don't actually give a shit about this person but i'm gonna make sure they remember who i am and stuff but part of it (laughs) like part of it is that because that's just jumping back to like what we were talking about is like there's a lot of who you know gets you to like wherever you know Mm um I found out a I I write for a sober magazine and I found out the person that runs it one of the other contributors her brother works for armchair expert and I was like really because that's uh like that's the the podcast dream right there is really armchair expert um,
2: I'm not familiar with it, but oh, Dak I take Shepherd's your word Shepard's
0: podcast? No,
2: I'm not. In, I'm not familiar with the podcast world at all, but I will take your word on it. Yeah. And, um, and it is. It's it's building connections and networking, and even especially in LA. I mean, everybody knows that about LA. Um, but there's also the unique experiences where like things just like fall in your lap, like they did with me. And, like I didn't know anybody. And yeah. all of a sudden I had this and this job that changed my life. Um, and it was a really neat job. I really liked the singer I worked for when I first came here. Um, and then just all the things that kind of happened after that, it was just like this, it just kept rolling. It was like, whoa, 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 where's, wow, okay, neat. I'm just going to, I'm going to go with it. I'm meant to stay here. And that's, there were so many times where had something, had I had a job not fallen in my lap, I would have had to go home right yeah. to, to michigan oh, yeah. and it it's almost like some something higher bigger than me kept me here because now i have the life i have but you know like was it was it the spirit of my little baby children up there who knows <laughs> sometimes well, i do think that like like they were like okay we're gonna bring you this
0: <laughs> let's let's jump to your your baby children um tell me about becoming a mother whether your first
2: oh god it's been amazing. It's been incredible. Um, I think a lot of my childcare experience has helped a lot. I mean, I've worked with newborns to, you know, to 12 years for, for so long, um, that it comes really naturally. It is, yeah. uh, I'm really grateful for
0: Been training for it forever.
2: Yes, <laughs> exactly. So it's not as I was preparing for it to be a lot more difficult Yeah. and it's not. I it it's something that suits me, um, and suits my personality. And I'm I love being a mom. I love my little little muffins. That's
0: great. And now yeah. you have your second one. Almost three months. It'll mm-hmm. be well over three months when this comes out. It might be. It'll be over four. No. Um, four years old. I'm not putting this out for like four years. Uh, no, that's not true. Um, <laughs> but th- that's that's awesome. Uh, and I mean, it's no. It, Doesn't surprise me based on everything you told me that that would just be like, uh, I have these kids now and except they're mine, they're not just like someone else's that you're watching, and you have natural inclinations.
2: It is so much different when they're yours, too. Like, I had people tell me that, like, you know, when they're yours, it's a way different element. There's so much bonding, but there's also so much, like, um, wanting to guide in the in the proper way but then of course like we're all human and and you know i say oh i'm gonna have them sleep trained and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that it's like no none of that (laughs) threw it all out the window (laughs) like it just didn't happen that way and i'm actually really happy with the way it happens and uh they're just Bodie's such a he's such an animated beautiful little character he's such a beautiful personality i'm like wow like i'm so grateful like you're just this beautiful little human like um, how old is he i just he's four, he'll be four in june and i just get to watch you grow and develop and become your own person it's like really, really I, fun. Uh, and then easton is a little ball of joy
0: <laughs> it's funny i never knew the name Bodie until a freaking show on Netflix with one of the characters named Bodie, and I was like oh. oh and that's why I asked how old he was I was like what came first um <laughs> so well everyone crazy.
2: made references to Point Break which I guess like the surfer Patrick Swayze was his name was Bodhi in oh, it I can, so that, I would not have gotten that on know. a trivia question <laughs> yeah I didn't know um i didn't know about that until i picked his name i actually meditated on it because i could not figure out what to name him and then the, the name bodhi means enlightened so
1: i
0: how appropriate chose that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's a that's that is a task i've never really thought about the the pressure surrounding <laughs> naming a child
2: yeah there like. it, it's 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 a process.
0: Yeah. In I addition to picking the right one, yeah, you want to be unique. I I imagine in some way, and then yeah. you also want to, you know, really hope that no one shows up in the public eye later with the same name that has some terrible reputation or something. Right.
1: Like, yeah. Uh,
0: why did I name you Apparently. Trump? um But <laughs> uh I digress. Well, what are you? What's what's what are you working on now? What's on the horizon for oh, Nicole?
2: This- this is the crux of of my life right now and I was actually sharing that I'm um, taking a mediumship course it has been 12 months in the process mm-hmm. um, with a woman from Scotland she's leading it and she's like one of the most renowned mediums in the world I would say she's great um, and I was sharing this just yesterday and that I, I feel like I have so much to share and I have so many different irons in the fire and I don't know what to take action on or how to. And instead I do my everyday routine. Yeah. And I'm not carving time out to from any of my creative pursuits. Um, and there's a part of me, and, and this is where I think my last kind of little hiccup is happening with what needs to be worked on that I won't succeed, right? So there's that um, that underlying thought that I really need to work with right now, and until I so that I feel that I can, so that I feel that I can be successful in my endeavors, whatever that looks like. You know, like finishing this TV show idea. um, I really stopped myself because I don't know how to write a pilot, so therefore I'm not going to even though I have all these amazing ideas for a show yeah. that could just, I, I imagine you have some I pretty good it. resources
0: for that specific endeavor as well.
2: Yeah, And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I just do this one thing? It wouldn't take that long, but it's like, I'm stopping yeah, It's not myself. like you
0: just had a kid three months ago or anything. God, <laughs> give yourself well, some grace, man.
2: <laughs> and I love this. Sh- I love working at the school. It's fun. It's, it's a great outlet right now. It's a great way to, um, have a community and connect with other um, parents and teachers. And um, I'm really grateful for that. I feel like that's meant to be right now, but it's I definitely want to get this. Get something out there and maybe start workshops um, for healing um, and kind of integrating all the different methods of healing that I've done from like shamanism to energy work to kind of the mediumship work and the spirit yeah. worlds and the spirit, you know, and, and kind of tuning into all of that and, and maybe helping others help themselves.
0: <laughs> that is, uh, let's speak in my language. That's, I am I'm, I'm in graduate school to be a therapist, so. Oh, cool.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. Can
0: help people help themselves. Um, yeah, we all have the tools. We just need to figure out how to use them.
2: Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely.
0: Well, I hope you find that, that energy, but I also hope you give yourself a little, little leeway yes. three months into it.
2: I know, <laughs> I know. And, and this, was, this had been there since even before I got pregnant with Bodhi, right? Yeah. So this is kind of a, a motivation issue that I need to uh, work with. And I'm super motivated when it comes to my children and um, making sure everything is running smoothly. And my creative force I found is cooking. So, like, yep. tons of recipes I've made and healthy. And eventually I want to open a restaurant, too. That's another one of the things. <laughs> I mean, it's just
1: there's yeah. so
2: much I want to do. You, uh... I want to create an empire. But it's like, where do I start?
0: There's a lot of aspects of this conversation that feel like i'm talking to a mirror um (laughs) (laughs) well i i'm constantly uh my wife is always giving me shit. she's like i can't keep track of everything you're doing because i like the podcast and graduate school and i have this ebay thing this etsy thing and then this t-shirts that i want to do and like, all, like and the book i wrote and like this new one i'm looking and, and like i live yeah i always have that much shit going on people are always like mm-hmm. how do you do all that i'm like i don't have a social life i don't <laughs> i don't hang out with people um as much as i should or want to um but that's okay but yeah no I, I i love having that much those ideas but the trick that and this is just my own shit but the trick that i learned for myself is Uh, to allow myself to dive deep into any one of those for any amount of time that I'm comfortable with and be okay with then letting it go for any amount of time I'm comfortable with. Mm. Like if I want to go hard and write for three weeks and get like 10 chapters done and then not touch it for four months, I got to be okay with that. Otherwise I'm just going to beat myself up constantly and never get anything done that's been me (laughs) that might not be the same for you but that's that would be that's how i've learned to manage it is just accept my passions where they are and if i do need to set deadlines like set deadlines because not everything can sit on a shelf for four months if you promise it to somebody or Mm whatever
1: that
0: looks like um even if you promise it to yourself so at that point schedule that shit out but are you
2: i'm gonna take that and and use that I the one you. thing I, ha- I will say is that I follow through with my Instagram <laughs> <laughs> and it might be because I have a tiny audience, you know, not tiny, but, you know, an audience to play to, yeah. to create to. And I think that's where it's like, I have to um, kind of create that audience in my mind for all the rest of this so that I don't want to write just for myself anymore. It's like, if I'm going to share it, I want it to be for an audience.
0: Yeah. So put some intention behind it exactly what a that brings us to a perfect little ending here where, where can people find you <laughs>
2: um nicole underscore astara a-s-t-a-r-a astara is an angel who helps guide your dreams into fruition
0: and so you are <laughs> and there you are well that's awesome i am absolutely delighted i got to talk to you uh yeah
2: me too this was so nice yeah this was great <laughs>
0: And I know a bunch more about you now, which makes me happy.
2: Um, yes, thank you for taking the time to um, to interview. I mean, what do you call this? An yeah. interview or, yeah. or <laughs> interviews? A chat the
0: easiest way to go. I like for it to feel like a chat. But,
2: <laughs> but this went really well. I feel like it flowed really well, and and I I like how you um, how you ask your and pose your questions. And well, thank you. You did a really amazing job.
1: Thank Thanks. you. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my
0: friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Nicole De Lorenzo. De DeLorenzo. I want to Italianize her last name because we're made a name. Nicole DeLorenzo. I added letters. Um... <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I wanted to first, like the thing I hinted at at the beginning, um, if you listen to episode, I think it's 65 with Emily Buchanan. She talks about how she um, put a child up for adoption during high school and she just assumed I knew that because everybody knew that. And uh, just like that, you know, Nicole went through something in high school that she assumed everybody knew. And uh, I... <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I could just be this minority that was like, huh? And was just in my own shit, which is true. And that's like part of the point I'm trying to make is I was in my own shit. But I think at that age, a lot of people are in their own shit. And uh, some of what we assume is like the heart of gossip and talking is not even on the radar of a lot of people. Um, It's always very fascinating to me. Uh, but I digress. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm a little nasally right now and I hate how I sound, so I'm not going to keep you here. I just want to say thank you. Uh, I was very excited to talk to Nicole and I am very excited that you guys got to hear it. And I will talk to you next week. I hope you have a good week. Is that? <laughs> I hope you have a good week. Uh danger and the Okay. I am probably offending people. I'm going to (laughs) go have a good week. I love you. Bye-bye.